The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Toughskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Toughskin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. And, uh, well, I guess we did it. Last week, I I warned everybody we were going to have a controversial show, and... uh, we started getting some backlash for some of the things that we said on the show. And I just want to clarify a, a couple of things. First of all, we're not bashing any products. Uh, you got to remember that David and I have a combined experience of probably close to 80 years. So we're real familiar with the products that we use. Now, you'll also notice that we said on that show that you have to test the product, that there is a sealer. And we were talking about sealers for every type of situation. Some some sealers work really well. Some sealers don't work really well. And, you know, that happens to be, you know, David's opinion. It happens to be my opinion as well. So, you know, don't, don't take it to heart. Uh, I think we said several times on there that uh, there is a, you know, an application for all those sealers that that are out there. And and that's the whole purpose of the show. It's, it's an open show. We want to make sure everyone has, you know, an opinion. Well, everyone does have an opinion, but we want to make sure that everyone can express that opinion and ask, we're not going to give you fluff. You know, the analogy I have with that is if you're, if you're a Ford person, you love Ford cars, uh, you're not going to like Chevy's very well. You're not going to like Chrysler's very well. So it happens to be the same thing with sealers. You know, if you like one particular brand and that's the brand that you like, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it works for you, uh, you know, th- that's the important thing. So, you know, uh, I feel like sometimes I have to apologize uh, to some of these companies, but I-, I don't think it's necessary. After all, you know, there's lots of sealers out there. There's lots of brands out there. Uh, it, you know, it's a competitive, uh, it's in a competitive industry, not like, God, when I got in this business 40 years ago, uh, well, first of all, there, there wasn't hardly any impregnators out there uh, to begin with. And uh, so it wasn't a big deal. Now there are literally, I mean, I've never sat down and counted, but I, I'd be willing to bet we're talking hundreds, you know, hundreds of brands and from all over the world, you know, from as far as Australia to Germany to you know, China, and then, of course, here in the United States. So, you know, we have a lot of those um, 
those sealers out there. So, you know, please. Now, if you have a question or a comment, feel free to call in. The telephone number here is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. And David's going to be on the phone here in in a minute. But let, let me just kind of, uh, you know, mention that one more time. You know, for every sealer that's out there, there's there's a use for it. There's, you know, I, I do believe that there is not one sealer that's good for every situation. I mean, you guys that have listened to my show on a regular basis uh, know I have some major issues with, you know, for example, sealers and wet areas, sealers used on an exterior. That happens to be my opinion. Uh, others, you know, may not have that opinion. So, you know, you have to opinions with a, with a grain of salt and who they're coming from. You know, I have a lot of years of experience. David has a lot of years of experience and he does certain things that maybe some other contractors uh, do not, do not do. So, but when it's all said and done, we're going to, I'm going to give it to you, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. I'm I'm not going to hold back. You know, you guys have known me or some of you guys have known me for quite a number of years and and realize that I can sometimes drum up some controversy and and sometimes rightly so. Um, You know, I was talking to David earlier and we were talking about my recrystallization article, which came out in 1990. That's how many years, folks. That's 30, 31 years ago. And I'm still, to this day, getting backlash from it. Although I will say I'm getting some, uh, I'm getting some, uh, some positive feedback for that as well as you know, as well as uh, I have contractors out there still carrying that that uh, that article around. But most of what I say, my opinion, not not David's opinion or anybody else's opinion, comes from not only experience but from my scientific uh, scientific background. So. Uh, I, I guess I can argue with the best of them, and uh, now that, that, that's what it says. All right, while we're waiting for David to get on the phone, let me just say that if you did not listen to last week's show, go and listen to that podcast. Uh, we gave out a lot of good information on that show. We talked about specific brands of sealers. I went into uh, siloxanes versus silanes. Uh, we went into a lot of uh, a lot of different different things, things that you probably didn't know, which is why we named this show "You Don't Know Jack" <laughs> about sealers, and that doesn't mean to be a a uh, a stab at you guys or saying that you guys are stupid or dumb, but you know, a, lo- a lot of times there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to not only sealers but cleaners and et cetera. You know, for example, to this day. I cannot believe that there are tile setters out there and they're mainly ceramic guys out there that are still recommending to clean your marble floors with, um, uh, with, uh, uh, with, uh, vinegar and water. Let let me take a quick break here and see if I can't get uh, David on the, on the phone. So I'll be back right after this. Are you tired of lugging dozens of stain removal chemicals around to remove stains from stone, tile, or concrete? Oh, well, it should be 323-870-3968. From organic stains to inorganic stains, Dr. Craig's Ultimate Stain Removal Kit is all you need. The kit Hmm. contains three reagents and includes a detailed e-book on how to remove almost any stain. So if you're trying to remove difficult ink or rust or simply coffee and other food stains, this kit is all you need. To order, contact Dr. Fred at 321-514-6845. One kit is $69.95 plus shipping. All righty, folks. I was just talking to David on his cell phone. Apparently he's having some phone issues there, but uh, I'm sure he'll be on in a minute. There he is. Okay, let's get him in here. 
David, are you there? <laughs> Hi, Fred. <laughs> How's it going? Sorry about the little technical stuff. Oh, that's okay. It happens all the time. I've, I've actually lost entire shows due to technical difficulties, so whatever. So anyway, I was just I was just explaining to the folks, and I was using my Ford Chevy analogy, and you know, telling them it's it's, it's you know it's basically not our purpose to sit here and you know bash products. We're just telling it like it is. I mean, you and I have a combined experience of. 80 years in this business, so we know what works in what situation. And, you know, you said last week, and you said this several times, you've got to know your stone, and you've, there's, a, there's a, 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 a situation where that particular sealer, whatever sealer it is, will work. So you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, so many people just are set on one sealer. And because the makeup of the stone, and whether it's inside, it's outside, is it the shower, is it in a countertop are the people messy do they cook a lot you know what kind of foods do they cook that's where you need to know the sealer and the stone so whether you're using a silicone or using a fluorine or using you know whatever you want to use one of the biggest things is most guys don't know the sealer they just know if it works they get paid and they're gone right but now with a lot of sealers a lot of people are getting busted now because of staining, and I always say if you don't know how to pull out a stain, you have no business sealing stone. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of stuff coming into this country now that are very challenging, and unless you test, you're going to get your ass bit. Yep. And I have a lot of experience, and I get mine bit once in a while, and it's just kind of like, yeah, 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 I know this, and then all of a sudden you're like, what the heck? What? This is more coarse <laughs> than usual. So, no, no, there's no way that one sealer does all. Yeah, It's, and it's I, just and impossible. I, yeah, and I, and I agree with that. And, I, and it, along with that, uh, you and I had a, a conversation a couple of days ago about this quartzite countertop you saw. Why don't you tell the folks that story? Well, the thing was, is I went there, and I looked at the guy, and I said, I will seal your stone. He says, what about this stuff? I said, no, I don't want to pull out the stains. I'm sorry. I said, you know, you have a soap stain. I said, and you have a plumber's putty stain over here near the faucets. And by your lamination, somebody put in um, a, an adhesive that bled into the stone and the resin bled. Because oh, <clears throat> you, know, you know how to fix them? I said, yeah, but I don't want to fix them. I got too many countertops I'm working on right now. Let me seal it. He said, you talk to your plumber about that. You talk to your fabricator about this. And this is just one of those things. And I said, let me just seal it and let's go on with life. But one of those were three problems, and it was a really porous quartzite. Mm-hmm. And the guy may not like my price and going, oh, I can get it for a lot less, but, you know, he'll probably call me and go, hey, I got some stains. The guy won't call me back. I want you to pull them out, and I'm going to go, no. Ah, no, right. not no. <laughs> Hell no. <clears throat> so you just have to study. You have to look. I mean, you can talk to any manufacturer. Well, yeah, you can use this, and you can use this, but I got to tell you, I use stuff from Germany. I use stuff from Italy. I use American stuff. You know, it all depends. It really all depends. Um my only beef is all the sealer warranties, but I'm not going to go into that right now because we have too many other things to talk about. Right. Now, what, but, what I had, sorry. One of the things we had talked about, and that was, you know, like you, you and I were talking about combining sealers and making a right. cocktail. Right. 
And one thing, a rule of thumb is, you can put a solvent over a water base, but it's really hard to put a water base over a solvent. And you can make a cocktail. Rod Sigmund, um, with uh, um, custom building products formula, um, Aquamix, Aquamix, you know, used to laugh at me because I used to make cocktails. But sometimes you have to make cocktails if you want to accomplish a particular feat. And that's one of the things that you do. And I know a lot of people that are doing it now. And they're maybe putting multiple coats of sealer, or they're putting a cocktail, they're putting a water base, and they're putting a solvent base. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just test it to make sure that you're not going to change the color of the material you're putting it on. That's all. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And I just you know, want to warn everybody, when David's talking about a cocktail, and correct me if I'm wrong, David, you're not talking about actually taking a, a container and mixing the two chemicals. You're actually doing one application of, say, a, a, a water base and then a solvent. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. Okay. But you got to yeah. make sure that the first one is cured before you lay the other one on top. Right. But yeah, what just, we call a cocktail. Yeah, right. it's just putting one sealer on, making sure it's sealed up, come back the next day, put another one on. Or you can wait three days. Again, it depends. All solvents, water and water-based solvents and regular solvents, mineral, they all take about 72 hours for full cure, but you can put them on the next day. Right. But cure time can be 72 hours. Some of them go 28 days. It all depends. They keep carrying some of them. You know, it's like concrete cures, you know, concrete cures forever, basically. So, you know, it's yeah, the same thing. Yeah, some of the stuff like yeah. the old miracle sealant used to take a month to uh, really fully set up. Nobody knew it, but it did. Um, but it still worked in 72 hours, sure. but it was great in 30 days. Now, speaking of sealers, I know last week we talked about silanes, we talked about siloxanes, we talked a little bit about the fluoros or whatever. But there's this new word that's been floating around our industry. It's, it's not that new in the in the chemistry industry, and that's what is called nano sealers. And let me let me give the folks a little bit of a, a little bit of education. Just so you know, I'm not going to get into the whole science of it, but you know, you have to remember, folks, that. Nano nanoscience, or what they call nanotechnology, is basically the study of extremely small things. So if you look at, without getting into physics here or, or biology, if you look at the smallest particle known to man, that's an atom. And atoms are made up, or molecules are made up of, of different types of atoms. Well, what nanotechnology has done, and it's very expensive to do, is to take these smaller particles, in other words, break up those molecules, and, and actually work with them. And, and what that allows you to do that allows you to have better products, whether it's a cleaning product, whether it's a, you know, a process that's used in the chemical industry or whatever. Here's where the problem comes in. Everybody is using that word nano all over the place, and it's not necessarily real nanotechnology. Uh, nanotechnology is super, super uh, expensive. Uh, things that are done that way can be very, very expensive. So, you know, if you're paying what? 60 bucks for a, uh, a gallon of uh, impregnator right now, you're probably going to pay $800 if it were a true nano. So you just want to take what these sales guys say with a grain of salt. So you want to add to that, David? Yeah. Um, nanotechnology, really, from the window point of view with industry, um, kind of came in with Forrester Sealers. They said, well, it's the same technology that they use for the space shuttle. Well, the space shuttle upon entry 
there's a lot of heat, and the heat would bounce off the windshields. Okay, that's real nanotechnology. That was some real right. serious stuff. Okay, yep. now they're saying, oh, we can repel this and we can repel that. But you're right, Fred. Real nano stuff costs a lot of money. Yep. And it, you know, it's one of those things I don't think fully people really understand it. Um, but, yeah, it's really expensive. Everybody says, well, I got nano, I got nano. But it's a buzzword. It's like antibacterial. Yep. <laughs> you know, and everybody's using it. And there is some stuff that may be nano, but most of it is not nano. It's just right. buzz. You know, it's a yep. it's a word that has just really been overused, and um, it's confusing because you're right. Nanotechnology is very complicated, and these guys are like, yeah, we have a nano sealer, whatever. And that's so true. Actually, before the show later on today, I was doing some research on, on the nano stuff and came across several articles outside of our industry and other areas of, of the uh, of the world. And they came the same thing. They said exactly the same thing that we're saying is that, you know, the true nanotechnology stuff is expensive. And a lot of people are using this term because there's no regulation. You know, there's, there's no regulation out there when it comes to naming some of these products. So we are sealers and nano sealers. You now have a competitive advantage against someone else that doesn't. So I predict in the near future, everybody's going to be calling their sealers nano sealers. <laughs> but, you know, that's yeah, regardless. Yeah, it'll just be a new buzzword like antibacterial. Yeah, right. All right. So now you mentioned, the, you mentioned the nanotechnology with the windshield. So that brings up the next question. I get this question all the time. Actually, I, ha- I had a situation where l- – let me tell this story real quick where it was a, a sealer company, I won't mention their name, that offered a lifetime warranty on their sealer. And this particular lady uh, uh, had an issue with it spinning, oil spinning. So I went to her house, I looked at it, and she had just two small areas of granite on each side of the stove, and they were stained. I mean, it was like someone just poured oil on there and they soaked right in. And right on the middle of the stove, there was this big fryer. And... Uh, I said, do you cook with that fryer a lot? And she goes, yeah, we cook everything with a fry. We fry everything. We fry for lunch. We fry for dinner. And I said, okay, I can tell you what's happening is this, the impregnator that you're using is not repellent to hot oil. So what's happening is this oil is splattering out. It's hitting the countertop. It's penetrating through the sealer, and it's staining your countertop. So she asked me, you know, what she could do, and I said, start eating cold cuts. No, I, I actually, I actually, did, I actually did say that in a joking, in a joking manner. But uh, you know, how we solved that was to just tell her that the stone needed to be poulticed, and hopefully that would get the oil stains out. And you could use an impregnator that's good for oil, but what I suggest that you do is just put a piece of plexiglass down when she's cooking. And, yeah, because <laughs> now I used to. Um, Many, many years ago, um, Kemper, Kemper York and I would work on what worked with hot oils. And we would literally take the samples, let them set up for 72 hours, and then heat up the oil and pour it on. And there were very few sealers that really did work and repel off that. One of them happened to be the old Aquamix solvent-based sealer, which was one of the best things going ever, actually. It was pretty incredible. But a lot of them today um, won't. The manufacturers tell you, wipe it up within five minutes or all bets are off. But most people, when they cook, they don't wipe it up. And that's where the problem comes in. Um, You can do oils, but oils for a short period of time. But hot oils, that's one of those things, Fred, you have to test the sealer 
yep. to make sure. I do have some that will do that, but the other thing is, I always tell them, um, don't be throwing spaghetti sauce around and stuff for 72 hours. Give me some time to let this cure. But most guys, when they seal, they put a little bit of sealer down. They don't fill up the stone. They don't make so it's a good repellent. But even with hot oils, you have a limited time. But if you're going to let the hot oil sit there, you don't have much of a chance. No, but, you have, but you have to test. And there are sealers that will. But, hey, what's the time? Is it 24 hours? Is it 48 hours? Is it 30 days? Because a lot of these sealers, especially in the silicone families, uh, keep carrying up over time. So yep. how do you know? Well, you have to test. Do most people in the audience test, caters nope. test? Oh, hell no. no. So, And do they know the stone? No. So right. it's one of those things you really have to put the time in to do it. And if you don't put the time in, don't seal the damn stone. That's right. I agree 100%. And, you know, just to, to back up and add to that is that also it depends on the type of oil you're cooking with. And I actually did this research after that particular inspection, and I looked up, you know, the, the what the uh, temperatures were for, you know, olive oil, uh, you know, regular cooking oil, uh, castor oil, uh, all the oils that you would, you know, generally use. And you'd be surprised at temperature differences. And off the top of my head, I should have should have put wrote this down for the show, but there are certain oils that, that heat up very, very hot and others that mm-hmm. don't heat up so hot. So you've got add that to the mix as well. So And you know, there are some I, oils that are thinner than others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Viscosities, you know. Yeah, and it's one of those things you kind of have to, again, it's in, investigating, knowing the stone, how are the cooking. I mean, you can go into a beautiful home, and you have this beautiful kitchen, and what you realize afterwards is that, you know, what they're having for dinner is reservations. <laughs> you know, yep, exactly. they don't cook. They just have a beautiful kitchen. Yep. Um, but still, finding out, you know, I always ask them, do you cook a lot? Oh, no, we don't cook that much. You know, and you have to know the stone. Is it a porous stone? Is it a tight stone? Again, right. there's. it's not just putting a sealer down, Fred. You really have to kind of look and find out. And most guys are just taking a sealer, throwing it on, get paid, and that's it. But a lot of guys now, more than ever, are getting busted. And there lies the problem because it may end up being their kitchen. Yep. Last exactly one, right. You're, you're, you were your father's keeper. Last one to touch it buys it. Yep. You know, and also you got to remember too that you know the, these sealers we're talking about these these impregnators, and I don't mean this to to down a particular brand, but they're not bulletproof. <laughs> you know, they're 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 not they're, they're not. Well, I I like to say they're not waterproof or they're not oilproof. They're oil and water resistant, and that's something yes. I think that needs to be you know educate the customer. The customer needs to realize that they can't you know take. You know, their their glass of wine, if wine spills on the countertop and just leave it there till it dries and walk away. Well, it's like, uh, I, you know. like I mean, we have a lot of dot commers here and these new wave rich um, dot commers, you know, they're like, I want to be able to put a hot pan on my countertop. You know, I want to be able to cut on my countertop. And then I tell them, I say, okay, well, then buy mahogany. Aside from that, right. forget <laughs> it. Use a potholder and a cutting board like like your mom told you to do. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and if they, you know, Uh what I did on my countertop is, uh, you know, we got a beautiful countertop. It's a large island. I just caught a piece of plexiglass. That way you could see the beauty of the countertop and you use the plexiglass as a cutting board. Hey, Fred, one of the things people always ask me if it's safe or sealer safe 
for food handling. Yeah, I get that question too. And that's a really important question. And I guess <clears throat> if you use an impregnating sealer and it goes into the stone and they use a good cleaner to clean it and it's a hard surface, you should have no problem with food. Um, but there are some people who will take a turkey and leave it out on the countertop, and if you leave a turkey long enough out on the countertop, it's going to create its own bacteria. So yeah, that that's that's one question I I didn't put down on our list of questions, but that that's something I remember years and years ago. And actually, there's still some websites that still say this is you don't want to use granite countertops in your kitchen because they harbor bacteria. And I, I just I just have to laugh. I'm I'm saying, uh, are you never going to clean your countertop? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's all you crazy. have to do is just wash your countertop. That's right, all. And don't right. leave poultry on for a long period of time because yeah. poultry poultry definitely uh, creates bacteria at a real quick yeah. rate. Actually, there it there's really a par there's a paragraph, and I can't remember whether it was the FDA. I think it was the FDA that that did a study and actually put out a a little blurb about sealers in general that they were safe for food handling and it, it, I, I, can't, I, I I didn't pull it up so it, uh, if anybody wants a copy of that just send me an email and we can uh, I can get you a copy of that I know it's in your it's in your manual that you do when you when you take the class so uh, if you take the class you'll get it as far yeah as one it. of the things is once the, once it sets up and hardens. Um, you don't have a problem. Just clean your countertop, for God's sake. Yep, exactly. Um, that's it. There's some people that do and some people that don't. And some people should have beautiful stone, and some people really should have stainless steel countertops in their kitchens because they're, I want to call them pigs. They're just right. really messy. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, stainless steel is absolutely perfect. But then again, it's like anything. You know, if you cut on metal and you get metal shavings, and how good is that? Um you know, so it's every surface has its pluses and minuses. Of course. What about um, UV? What about UV light? Um, you know, sunlight. Well, you, well, is most of the time inside you're okay. I had a quartzite, um, really large kitchen actually, between the kitchen and the pantry and bathrooms. They had like seven slabs, and this guy had a bunch of skylights. And they had this beautiful stone. It had this really cool green in it, which was really unique. But because of all the skylights, the green was fading. Yep. So the supplier brought me out and said, hey, what the heck's going on? And I looked up and I said, um, well, it looks like the factory put some green in this after the fact. And it looks really cool, but he's, your client's got skylights. So um he was really cool about the whole thing. I recolored it for him, tinted it, and then he says, you know, I can run with it from here because I don't want to take seven slabs out. And so, you know, the supplier said, okay, this is cool. And the guy was really cool about the whole thing. But there, then there's resin-enhanced slabs. And, you know, if you're going to have a slab and you're going to have large windows and you know, it's the same thing with resin seams that aren't UV stable with the glue. Right. Um, yep. If you've got a window and that sun's coming through and accelerating through the glass, um, you know, yeah, if it's resin enhanced, yes, it can fade. But most everything is resin enhanced now. Yep. There lies the problem. And you have a product, Fred, that actually will um, hold that out. 
it has yep. to be applied every year, but it will resist that sun. And but if not, yeah, it can fade. Um, but UV light can be very, very deadly. Um, you know, there's nothing that you can really guard against UV except shade. Right. Exactly. It, it, does, it does what it does. It's like somebody saying, I want limestone and I'm right on the ocean. Uh, can we try another stone? You know, some people right. do, and that's great, yep. but it erodes. But it erodes. It is what it is. You exactly. You know, you have to look at the spec. You know, it's a product of nature. I, I had a case not too long ago where uh, they were actually brought into a lawsuit. A fabricator was being sued because of the sealer they applied to it. Uh, they claimed change the color, which some sealers can. You know, especially on limestone, but this wasn't the case. The case was it was a resin slab. It was exposed to UV light, and it was turning it. It was it was darkening it. So, you know, you have that issue. So don't confuse resining with sealing. Which which brings me to another question, and I'm sure you get this question all the time because the answers I, I've seen two answers to this. Yes, you can seal. No, you can't seal. And that is, should you seal a resined stone? Can a resin stone be sealed? Yes, it can. Yep, absolutely. Because how, how, I, I, was, I, I was saying a general rule with granite, the lighter the stone, the more porous it is, the darker the stone, the tighter the molecular structure. But just because you have a vacuum-sealed um, resin doesn't mean that that resin is totally resistant to oils and water, which it's right. not. Um, I've actually seen uh, what they this particular firm or large company sold it. Says, "Oh, this is a quartzite," and it was just peeling off out in the sun. Oh, and wow. by the time I got through with it and I started pulling it up, I said, "This isn't a quartzite." I said, "This has got mud veins and all kinds of garbage on it." Oh, I said, wow. "This is this isn't really that good of a stone." And hell no, it's not quartzite. I said, "Yes, it's quartzite." And I said, "No, it's not. Look, I can." You know, I can take my finger and scratch this. It's just crazy. I can take, you know, a dental pick and it just comes right out. Yep. So a lot of times what people are getting in to the United States or around the world isn't really what the people who quarry it and send it out. Sometimes they're not telling the truth. Hell, they can tell the truth about dolomites, yep. you know. <laughs> They said it's a soft quartzite, and the most scale of hardness, a soft quartzite is a granite. But right. the shit was really just a marble. Yep. It just needed to stay in a hillside about another 100,000 years. Yep. We see that all you the know. time. You know, it's the same thing with a lot of the black granites coming out of China and India. You know, oh, we don't dye them. <laughs> you know, and that's still going on to this yeah. day. It's, it's like that one guy who was online who was trying to be an up-and-comer in India, and he says, oh, yes, 70% of all black stones in India are dyed. Well, that came from the horse's mouth. Yep. But the dyes are getting better, and they last longer. I remember the first time it happened, um, I was sealing, and the dye came off, and I called you, and I'm like, Fred, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? And you're like, oh, yeah, David, it's dyed. I'm like, oh, shoot. So anyway, you got me out of it. But that was a lot, lot of years ago when they first started doing it. Now they've gotten better. But, yeah, they're doing all kinds of stuff that they're not telling you. Yeah. And that's you know, one of the things that's really bad. Now, you know, why we're talking talking that subject, So we, let's tie it in the sealers. And I've had this issue, too, where if you had a dyed countertop and you went to use especially a strong solvent on there, and the sealer's now taking the dye out. So. Yep. You know, that's something you got to be careful with. And I think your answer to this, I'll let you answer it, is to test it. 
Yeah, I was, you know, in the Marvel Institute of America's handbook, in the front of every single section, it always says to do, to, you know, do a mock-up for approval for installers. But right. you should test. If you don't know it, test it. Because right. um, you think, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But that's why it always says do a small test in the inconspicuous area for for color. And yep. that's what you have to do. It, most of them say it on the label. Yep. Of course, <laughs> most of the people don't read the label, and that's why they no. get in trouble. They certainly don't call the manufacturer. But, no. yes, um, you don't know what you're getting. That's like when I was sitting on the the um, uh, National Stone Institute Technical Committee, and I said, hey, it was a stupid question. I said, how do we <laughs> regulate resins of people using them in the stone? And they all looked at me and laughed at me and said, David, that's not going to happen because there are some countries who will not abide by our rules. Right. So forget it. Let's go on to something that's more realistic. And they won't. There's countries who will cheat, yep. and they will do what they can. And, and I'm not going to name names or countries, um, but there's a lot of crap going on, Fred. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I had one country that I was in a meeting with somebody, and they wanted to know why nobody was buying their travertine anymore. And I said, because you can't give, you can't sell people a number three or C-class stone and charge them A grade. And everybody's caught on to you guys, so they're not buying your product anymore. That's right. He says, well, what do we do? I said, one, stop lying to them. And two, start selling A grade or B, give them a hell of a deal on the C. So they didn't like it, but um, they had to know the truth of why people weren't buying their materials anymore. You know, so, another, yeah, I was going to say another interaction I see all the time. Not all, if I, let me rephrase that. I don't see it all the time. I rarely see it all the time, uh, but I have seen it happen. And that is, we talked about resin stones. Well, you have to remember that the resining process is a man-made process. And if it's not cured properly, you can have a sealer react with that resin. And I've seen that several times. As a matter of fact, I, I published that in an article, I think it was in Stone World, uh, years ago, and I got a call from a, a manufacturer out in California. You know who I'm talking about, and uh, he was he was livid. Our sealer doesn't do that. Blah 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 blah. And I said, you have to understand, it's not the sealer per se; it's the way that the stone was resin. Have you run into that yet? Um, not yet. Good. But you're always uh, you're always way ahead of me as far as finding all the cool stuff that you know. <laughs> A lot of times I'll come, I'll call you up and say, "What is this, Fred?" And you'll say, "Oh yeah, it's happening because of this." I'm like, "Wow, okay, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have it, but it doesn't it doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me because, like I said, a lot of the suppliers, not saying the people who sell to the end user, but the suppliers from the quarries and what they do to the stone, they're not telling us. They're totally cuffing us, and they're not going to tell us. Um, like I say, we went through that with the resins, went through that with the dolomites, and it's going to happen again with something else, you know. Well, hey, they could have started sending these quartzites and said, hey, these are unusually porous. Okay, well, that's fine, but tell the people. So you sell right. to the homeowner, and then the homeowner's pissed off, and they want a new slab because the people who are selling it didn't take a geology class in the last five or ten years, so they don't know, right. and they right. didn't tell them. So I put a lot of the blame on the suppliers who are supplying all of the material. They're sending stuff out and not telling them. They have time to know. Um, I was talking to somebody this afternoon, and they were talking about, hey, you know, some quartzites 
um, after you cut them, should really sit for a couple of weeks and dry out before you put them in, install them. And I kind of went. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. That's it ain't like going to happen. A, that's like a guy cuts limestone one day, installs it the next day, and then puts a sealer on it and traps all the moisture and wonder why it's all blotchy. And then he says, I want you to fix it. And I said, nope, I'm leaving. Goodbye. You have to fix this. I said, no, I don't. You're the one that's going to lose sleep. I'm out of here. Because yeah, you, you, you didn't let it dry. Again, it's knowing yep. the stone. And yep. one of the things that the uh, National Tile Contractors Association said, one of the biggest problems with construction failures is the timing that the homeowner or awarding authority puts on you for installation. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's- I, I see that so much on the inspections that I do where it's just rush, rush, rush. You know, I call it fast track construction. You know, we got to be open by July 1st. Hell or high water, we're going to be open if, if, even if we have to take all kinds of shortcuts. It's easy to it do. Happens. It's just not easy to do correctly. And exactly. sometimes you need to have the time to pull this stuff off. And they don't give you the time to do it. Hey, it's going to take two weeks. I need it in a week. And, you know, the client's moving in. Um, well, we have a problem here. And there lies the problem is they're not giving you the right amount of time to pull it off. Um, and that happens quite frequently, I see it. Oh, yeah, Sometimes absolutely. It's like when people say, well, I'm having this, ha- you know, this has got to happen. It just got installed and I want it sealed. And I walk in, put a moisture meter on it and go, oh, it's still a little bit too moist. Yeah. i got to have it sealed. <laughs> no, I'm not. And one of the problems that, um, that people are having is they don't know whether the stone is wet or not. No. Nobody carries a moisture meter with them. Hell, a Tremex nope. costs under $500, and it's a really cool tool. But does yep. anybody have it? No. Gee, you work no. around water and you don't have a moisture meter? Um, that is just ridiculous. Yep. But yep. it happens Good. all the time, and I, I don't know why, but, well, it's kind of expensive. No, expensive is having to redo your job. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. I get that all the time with contractors. You know, what, you brought you, you mentioned one thing, and it reminded me of something that that's uh, that's kind of new in the industry when it comes to sealers, and that is these sealers that are being uh, these these stones that are coming out of uh, well, there's one coming out of Italy uh, that I'm that I'm aware of, and they're putting this um, this sealer on it, and I want to call it Q something. I can't remember the exact, but it's a it's a whole different process. It's not a it's not a uh, it's not an impregnator per se, but it's somehow they won't tell you what it is, but somehow they bake it on. And I've had several uh, failures with this with, this, with these stones uh, because, in my opinion, they haven't tested it long enough. Have you run across that that one at all? No, I haven't. Um, yeah. I actually got a call this morning about something like that, and they had a failure. Um, but the problem is, is if the manufacturer is not going to tell you what they used because they want to keep it proprietary, then how are you supposed to fix it? It's kind of like this coating that uh, I forgot who Constantino has, I think, or somebody. And they have this anti-edge coating, but it scratches. And, you know, when it scratches, people are screwed because there's no one out there that can fix it because they won't tell them how they did it. So what do you got? Hey, you got a mess. So yep. as far as the sealer goes, if they're not going to tell you and you don't know, 
you can get in trouble. And again, this is one of the things that comes into the country, they try to do and help, but they don't tell anybody. And because they don't tell anybody, how do you know? Well, hey, it's my job. Well, you're now having a really bad month because you don't know about it. So you have to ask questions. But hey, this is definitely a new one. And like I say, I got a call this morning and said, yeah, it's supposed to have, you know, they sealed it, but it's staining. And they said, hey, you want to pull it out? And I said, you know, can you lose my number? Lose my number. I don't, I don't, I don't want to pull out stains. I'm tired of pulling out stains after 33 years. I don't want to. Um, just let me seal it, and then I'll be responsible for it. There you go. You know, uh, let me uh, throw the telephone number out here one time. If we got anybody listening live, the number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968 if you've got a question for David or me. Let, let's, this next question is kind of a loaded question. I get this all the time. I've got my pat answer, but I'm interested to know what your answer is, and that, that is how often do I need to seal? You know, I on a granite quartzite, um, I give five years. On a shower, I will, you know, wet area, I'll give three years. Um, outside, um, generally a couple of years. Enhancers, I don't warranty anymore outside because I'm out in the sun in Northern right. California, and you just can't because <clears throat> densifiers. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine who works in Pebble Beach, Monterey area, and it's mostly overcast all the time, so he doesn't have a problem with them, uh, with uh, enhancers. But for the most part, um, yeah, five years, three years, some people say every six months, but that's a bunch of bullshit. Because um, if you fill up the stone, you're going to get at least three to five. You just do your testing, know your stone, and put a lot of sealer in. Now, yep, there are some sealers like... 511 is different because that's a thin layer. So you can put three coats of a thin layer. Then you have some like dry treat, which, you know, as you put it in, um, it takes time to work and it does kind of grow and it does develop. I don't like that it doesn't have repellency, but it's a different animal in itself. But I think that kind of goes with the whole thing you said last week about the stone and the alkalinity yep. of the stone and how it reacts. So it can be tricky. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I would say safely, you don't have to come back every single year. A lot of times, proper maintenance, if you seal it well enough and use a cleaner that has sealer in it and they're being proactive, it will last. And it may last up to five years. I just talked to a guy last week who called me after seven years. And I looked at it and I said, no, it's fine. Right. Just send me home. Just send me Christmas cards and shit, you know, or holiday you cards. <laughs> but they took care of it and they followed my directions. So, but I know everybody wants to make money and seal every single year. But when you do a half-ass sealer, you may be prone to getting staining. Yep. So why just seal the heck out of it and let the girls talk about your service to their friends? That's right. Kind I, of my... stuff. My my, that, that's a great answer. My pat re answer to uh, how often do I need to seal is uh, it's real simple. Whenever it needs it. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, but you have to teach them. One of the things that happens with contractors is the homeowner is always, in the homeowner standpoint, they're always sending out the checks, giving people the money, but nobody teaches them how to take care of stuff, how that's to right. maintain it. And that's one of the things that we do is we stick with the customer during the warranty. We, we're at their beg and call, but they pay for it up front. 
if you give somebody, when somebody says, well, they didn't call me back, say, well, they probably didn't make any money off you, and that's why they're not calling you back. But right. if you charge enough and have it in there, you've got to provide that customer service. And that customer service is a lot of just teaching them how to be a good steward of their stone. And a lot of times that's for contractors is a way out also. On the other side of it is if you teach them how to take care of it, not just say, oh, here's a quarter sealer, use this, and you'll be fine, and take the check and go, but teach them about stone a little bit. Spend a little time. You can spend 15, 20 minutes with them, but get them so they understand more of how to take care of it, what to watch out for, what to look for, you know. And so Um, many people, people, especially especially fabricators, they don't take the time to... uh, you know, to explain to the customer after the countertops installed, they they should be giving the customer a, 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 an education for at least ten fifteen minutes. I, I actually think yeah. that fabricators should install the material and just get out. You know, <laughs> as one person said to me, "Well, the fabricator's supposed to seal it." I said, "Not necessarily." Who said no. that? And they said, "Well, why not?" I said, "Well, the person that sold you the house, did they sell you the insurance policy?" No. Well, the person who's sealing your countertop is giving you the insurance policy on your staining. That's what it's about. So don't expect your fabricator who's going to give you a courtesy seal that's going to last about six months if you're lucky. Hire somebody who specializes in sealing and knows about sealing who will give a written warranty and stand behind it. But don't expect your fabricator. Fabricators, they're, they're not, their strong point is not sealing. Their strong point is making a good, a good countertop and putting it in correctly, which is really not a great percentage in this country because no. <laughs> the fabrication industry is probably one of the sleaziest um, in there. I see them doing stuff all the time, just screwing people all the time. And, if, and most of them don't even know how to flat polish um, no. A hard stone like granite. They know how to do sides, but that's easy to hide. But to flat polish, that's more of an art, and they don't know how to flat polish, so they're not they're not as good as they think they are. Yeah. You know, one one thing you brought up that I didn't have a question from, but I, it just kind of triggered a question in my mind, and I, I get this. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of guys out there that listen to this show that do restoration work, and they're going to say, David, you actually warranty your sealers? Oh hell yeah. What, all right, explain that. Why not? Yep. Look, the whole idea about sealing stone is to make sure it's a good repellent. Now, yes, I've always warranted my sealers. Always, always, always. When I was in Southern California back in the 80s and 90s and up till now, I always warranty and I hold by my warranty and I put it in writing. Why? Because one, it's not that you're at their bank and call for five years because they won't really abuse you for the most part, but you want to answer the questions. Why? Because good customer service will give you lots of referrals. And why not give what they, and why not give what they paid for? Um, the, the, the kind of thing now in the barrier is screw the person who's generating your economy. They don't care. So everything's about money, 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 and nobody's mm-hmm. providing customer service. Well, I get a lot of calls. I mean, a lot of calls. And I get a lot of text messages. I get a ton of emails, more than any human being should have. But the fact is, it's because if you can provide a good service and you stand behind it, you're going to keep working. 
and that's the whole thing. You can only burn so many people and get away with it for so long. But if you stand behind your work, that's what it's about. That's how I grew up. That's old school, and I'm so yep. cool with it. But most people don't want to do it. They just want to turn and burn. But that's just not the way to, to, to do business. That's Most people, like I say today, just screw everybody, and that's it. Get the money and yep. get out. But um, you're not going to last. Do, do you have any disclaimers in your warranty at all? Um, my only disclaimers is that they, I, I say, I would like you to use this this cleaner or this cleaner. Okay? And a lot of times I will come back and they'll say, it's not, you know, the sealer isn't working anymore. And... I always carry pH paper with me into every single house I go because I say, what are you using? Oh, well, I'm using this product. It's green. And I say, can you pull it out? And I'll spray it in the sink, and it turns blue. And I said, you're stripping off my sealer. That's right. What are you doing? <laughs> Why didn't you use what I told you? I said, we got a confirmed email that we sent you cleaning instructions in English and Spanish. I said, what are you doing? Well, are you going to warranty it? I said, no, because I told you to use these products to be a good steward of your stone. Right. Well, what am I supposed to do? Um, well, quit buying green products, but they're natural. And I said, yeah, so are skunks and rattlesnakes. Doesn't mean it's yeah. good for you. <laughs> you know, true. but but natural, most natural products aren't really recommended for stone. You want a good rinseless cleaner that has sealer in it. That's all. Yep. You know, they're big box stores, but you find a lot of these green cleaners are slightly acidic or they're heavy alkaline, which is basically just diluted to greaser that's made to be green, and they paid somebody $3,000. Yeah, we but, talked about that. <laughs> yeah. So, again, um, disclaimers, no. I generally don't have a problem because um, most of my people – will follow my instructions. I have a few that don't. I have this one very wealthy client who has this girl who runs her house, and she is stubborn as a mule. And no matter what she <laughs> says, she'll do something different. And, you know, at that point, I have to go to the house and say, I told you this. Here's the email I sent you. Why did you do that? Well, I read somewhere, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> I look at the client and say, all bets are off. If you're going yep. to listen to me, I will help you. If you don't want to listen to me, I'm cool with it. You can be my 401k. There you go. So what do you want to do? Right. And that's it. So a lot let, of guys do. A lot of guys do have claimers, disclaimers, but they have so many disclaimers. There's no real warranty. It's like I don't really have that problem. Just you know, my I, clients follow what I say. Most of them yep. do. I see that all the time on disclaimers. Not not only in our industry, but you know, a lot of different industries. If you if you really sit and you read the read the warranty, you're like, this isn't a warranty. <laughs> this is basically telling me that if if this if this happens on the full moon, it's you know it's covered, but at any other time it's not. You know, it's like <laughs> well, it's yeah, and we have done we have talked about this many years ago about warranties. Going okay, well yeah, we'll give you this many years, but you have to prove that you use this product. So we want to see all the receipts that you've used, and we'll figure <laughs> out, you know. And that's Would that's you? a bunch of bull. Yeah, it's no just, one's going to do that. It, it, yeah. No, but a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, you have the warranty, or yeah, the warranty is sorry it failed, but here's some more product. Well, who's going to pay for the stain to come out? 
Well, you are. Who's going to pay to seal it? You are. Well, what's the warranty? Bye. Right. Let's talk, let's, let's talk a little bit about breathability. Um, you know, you see this on all the impregnators out there. You'll see the word vapor transmission. You'll see the word breathability as well as some other synonyms of, of that name. But, you know, uh, I always get the question, well, why, why does stone have to breathe? You know, and it, it's not living. It's not a, an animal. You know, it doesn't have a set of lungs, does it? But no. And, and when it comes to flooring, especially, especially when you're dealing with floors that are slab on grade, breathability is very important because that floor is going to contain moisture. And if that moisture can't escape, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to block it. So that's why we don't wax, if you want to use the word wax, a, yeah, a film former top, top of, of that, The best example of that is many years ago you and I did a video, and if they just type in your name and my name, the, the video is going to come up, and it's about crystallization. And yeah. that suffocates the stone and causes it to break apart, okay, and fracture. So, yes, the stone does have to breathe. It has to breathe because it is a natural item and you don't want to suffocate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Whether it be crystallization or topical. Um, It's like a lot of times when people put a topical sealer outside and it's next to a softscape and of course you've sealed the hardscape and then the water goes through, it moves laterally through the concrete, the sun comes out, it comes up to the top and you get this white underneath your sealer and go, gee, what happened? Well, it couldn't breathe. If you didn't have it, it would breathe and you'd have no problem. If heavy water, you would have some efflorescence. Okay, so get a neutral cleaner and wipe it up with a towel. Big deal. But if you trap it, yeah, it can't breathe and you can trap the moisture underneath or you can suffocate it and it will, if you don't treat it right, it, it, it will do some funny things. Absolutely. So, so impregnators, had... impregnators do allow it. And as you said last week, you know, um, it's vapors. The vapors have to be able to breathe yep. out, it, yep. you know, and that's real, real important. You brought up that great point last week, and that really is what it's about. Is Yeah, you can see it. It can be a repellent, but you still have the vapor, and that will allow it to breathe or allow moisture in. Which is why, you know, not to get into the real deep technical stuff, but that's why, you know, you can actually trap water in a stone by sealing it with an impregnator. Um, oh, yeah. Which, that's like because the, guy, the guy, guy called me up and said, you know, had a fireplace, and he it was a really porous limestone. It was during the winter, so it didn't have a lot of drying, high humidity. He cuts it, installs it the next day, puts it in, and then seals it with an impregnator, and then wonder why it's all blotchy. And it's like, yeah. it wasn't dry. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah. And he says, what am I supposed to do? I said, uh, drop back 14 and punt. Yeah, exactly. I said, well, I want you to fix it. I said, I don't want to fix it. I said, it's your bitch. <laughs> I said, why don't you do Well, because the contractor had to be in and the client had to be in, you know, by the weekend. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, you know, you just say no. Put it in a letter. Tell them exactly what's happening. Well, I couldn't. I wouldn't get paid. Well, now you're really screwed because you're not getting paid, and you have to buy a whole new, fabricate a whole new thing of limestone, and you're really pissed off because now they have all the finished stuff around you on the flooring and stuff, and you have to pull out the stone. Well, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going go to go to lunch. Unless That's you put my retainer. You know, I'm out of here. <laughs> 
There you go. There should be. Uh, I, I remember. I always say this in my classes, and I, I, I get this constantly that, um, you know, with efflorescence issues, um, I can't tell you how many times contractors have called me and said, Fred, we had this efflorescence issue, so I sealed the floor because this particular product tells me that I can do that. I don't buy it, folks. I do not buy it. Um, yes, that, don't, take, just don't take the death for a while. They say you can clean and seal in the same time, and yeah. that's just wrong because you yeah. want the sealer where the where the moisture is is where you want the sealer to be. That's how you make right. a good repellent. All the right. guys, they're just they're selling crap. Go, you can clean and seal, so you make a lot of money. You're in and out one day, um, but the fact is, is you're not getting a really good quality uh, sealing process. And two, you're trapping moisture in, which means it may come back and bite you. So oh, yeah. just because somebody says, most of these guys who do manufacturing, you know, they say stuff and it's just ridiculous and they really don't know the stone. The thing that's really interesting is most people in the stone business don't really know no, stone. No, they think they really right. know stone, but they really don't. You, yep. you talk to 50 contractors. Let's say, I don't know how many hundreds are listening right now or thousands that are listening right now. Let's take 100 contractors. How many of those have a moisture meter? Less than 2%. And I'm yeah, so very generous. Two or, I was going to say two or three. <laughs> Maybe. But the point is, is why are you working in showers, working on outside decks, working on a new insulation, and, you know, how do you know that they didn't put the wrong thin set down? They go, well, you sealed it, and now my grout's turning funny colors. Um, okay, but hey, they used the wrong thin set. They trapped the moisture underneath, and guess what you just said? You just trapped their moisture, and now it's turning colors, and you're screwed. Yep. So the fact is, is they need to bring a moisture meter with them. It just alleviates a lot of problems, and you may say, nope, it's not right. I need it sealed right now. Okay. I'm going to write something up, though. Please note, you have this <laughs> you know, much percentage it, of moisture. We are not taking you know, any it, responsibility for anything discoloring. Please sign here. It's funny you should say that. I had a call this morning from a, a contractor that calls me quite often. And I would say half the time he calls me, he'll, it's a moisture issue. And I say, do you have a moisture meter? And he'll say no. <laughs> this is after probably 20 calls, and I'm like, Okay, you don't want to go out and spend $500 on a good meter, then go to Home Depot or Lowe's and buy a $50 meter. Have something, you know, and uh, uh, it's just funny. It's, it's, you just hit a nerve when you say, you know, every contractor out there should own a moisture meter, and they don't. Yeah. They, 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 they just don't, you know. So let me get I mean, to the I next question. So let me get to the next question, next question. Have you ever had this happen to you? You go ahead and you put an impregnator on a particular type of stone, and all of a sudden, it's dark, and you get a call two, three days later and say, David, the stone never turned back to its normal color. It's still dark. Have you ever had that happen? No, I haven't. Um, but I have sometimes have seen some white stones where maybe in a shower or a countertop, and it gets dark, and my guys will call me, and they'll say, hey, it's not drying out. And I said, okay, tell the client we'll be back in a week. It's very absorbent. It's taken a lot of sealer. It's dark. Right. We'll be back in a week or two, and we'll see it. Will they have to use the shower? No, they're not going to use the shower. Tell them to call me. They're not right. going to because it's a very absorbent stone, and this is the way it is, and I'm sorry, but I'm holding my ground, and that's that. You bought the stone. I'm just trying to help you take care of it, so please listen exactly. to me. Right. 
uncle. Do you know I who my husband I, is? I don't care who your husband care. is. <laughs> what I want to know is, you asked me to seal it. It's absorbent. It's taken a lot of sealer. It's not drying out. I want the solids to set up so that I can build on top of it. And then call me in about five years. That's all. But it's right. a matter of just doing it right. And again, exactly. it's, it's having, you know. It's, but as far as that goes, no, I haven't. And it's probably because I have a moisture meter and an infrared camera, and I carry it with me wherever I go. Because I look at showers and decks all the time. So yep. moisture is um, the enemy, and we have to be prepared for it, or it will bite you really bad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've seen it a couple of times, but many, many years ago, and you know, the technology, the chemistry is changing somewhat, as we talked about on, on last week's show. But uh, I've mainly seen it happen with certain limestones, uh, certain type of limestones, for some reason, uh, will darken up. All right, let, let's get to the next well, so question. Again, here. real quickly, yeah. real quickly, yeah. is that there are some sealers, and I'm not going to mention them, but there are some sealers out there that will change the stone. Yep. They, they will darken them, and they will react to them. Um, again, it's you look at a stone, say, I've never seen it, and say, hey, can I get a sample of that? And you take it back to your shop and you play with it and to see whether you want a water base, you want a solvent base, or how it's playing. Sometimes I go back to the client and I say, hey, this doesn't like to play with the other children. What do you mean? Uh, it's very temperamental, and here's why. And at least they know. They're forewarned. Right. Well, my designer bought it. Okay, good. Well, all right, so let me tell you how this is really going to go down, how we should proceed with this. So go ahead Absolutely. with your next question. Absolutely. Uh, this, this one I'm, I'm sure you've gotten, you know, hey, you sealed my countertop, and now i got stains all over it. And let's say this is a marble countertop. And uh, when you go out there, it's not really stains, but it's etching. All the time. Yep. Every single day, every single week, every single month of every single year. And the difference is they don't know the difference between etching and staining. You have these brochures that I hand out to people all the time uh, with, your, with your copyright on it, and it explains staining and etching. And again, the client doesn't know about stone. They know more about their appliances than they do their natural stone. Yeah, exactly. So they call it a stain, and, they call, and it's really etching. So you say, so I say, okay, is it kind of dull in that area? Yeah, okay, well, that's niche. Well, my girlfriend says it's a stain, you know, and I'm like, yep. okay, whatever. I'll come <laughs> over and take a look at it. So I bring over your brochure, and the brochure explains staining and etching. She goes, wow, this is really good information. Where'd you get this? I said, oh, this kind of goes back into the 80s. This guy wrote it, you know. <laughs> And it's really interesting because your stuff is still, when you wrote it back then, is still state-of-the-art today. And it's very simple. Just they don't understand it. Exactly. That's that's the thing. You already wrote the damn book decades ago, (laughs) and it's still holding up today. Yep. How much has changed? Okay. This, this, this I think, is a really important question that I get all the time. And uh, and that is, you know, particularly with color enhancers, but but the same question can be also uh, applied to, uh, you know, your regular impregnators. Is once you apply them, can you strip them off? Yeah. Inside, outside, sun, no sun, and what is the temperature and humidity? Right. Those are all the factors. Yep. So, if you're going to, sometimes we'll do a test. And I'll tell my guys, okay, fine, do a test, but have some acetone or um, some MEK right next to you 
um, because if it doesn't work, you want to strip it off immediately. And a lot of times right. acetone or MEK will do that. But right. if you put it on and you don't wipe it off and you don't buff it out, and again, it goes back to what the label said, which was, ladies and gentlemen, do a sample for a test yep. for color fast and approval. Yep. And, and that's also, really if you don't yeah. know. I'll also add to that that you know what's really important if if you're going to attempt, and I, it's a big if, if you're going to attempt to remove these sealers, uh, you know, make sure you know what you're dealing with. You know, they're, you know, I know Prosico uh, has a a a, uh, a stripper out there that's a, a silicone digester, but it only works on certain silicone types. So, you know, it, you're probably going to see more and more manufacturers coming out with strippers per se. And I don't need the Bambi type, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, you know, just you got to know what you're dealing with. You got to know what the product is. Which well, we've and there's some strippers. Against. I mean, there, there's some enhancers that you know, if you catch them within 24 hours, you have a fighting chance. If you yep. come back two weeks later, um, you're probably in not having a good month. Right. It really right, comes down to it. And they, I always do a sample for approval. They yep. say, oh, I want to see it. I said, let me do an enhancer. I had this one client one time, a bunch of granite in this big, huge building in Silicon Valley here. And he says, I want this enhanced. And I said, oh, no, you don't. He says, I'm the owner of the building. I can you know, get somebody else to do the job. And I said, look, if you seal this, this is going to look butt-ass ugly. And he says, what do you mean? I said, before you fire me, can I have five minutes? He says, yes. So I ran into the bathroom, <laughs> got a bunch of paper towels, and I just went and got a huge part of a floor, maybe four feet by four feet, um, four, six feet by whatever. And I got it wet, and I stood back, and I said, now, is this pretty? He goes, oh, that's ugly. I said, thank you. I said, you're bringing up minerals that don't really look really good, and that's why they flame this in the first place, aside to be that's not right. slip. And he says, okay, just seal it. Thank you, by the way. And I said, oh, yeah, this would have been yuck. So sometimes there, there natural is, stones have, and sometimes enhancers really bring out some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes they bring out the worst in a stone. Yep. And not all stones are beautiful. Nope. So sometimes you look at it and go, ooh, I really don't like that long line that's running through the floor there. Okay, good, then let's not enhance it. It's like the old right. thing when you take out tape lines. When you get rid of tape lines, if you can get out tape lines, tape stains, is never enhance it afterwards because <laughs> it'll come back to show. Oh, exactly. So just seal it, leave it alone, and tell everybody don't ever enhance it because you'll never how get many, that tape line out because it goes through about many, halfway to the stone. How many times have you run into this issue with, uh, you know, you go in, you're, you're sealing either someone's countertops or floors, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're sealing, and you get all done and they go, well, it doesn't look any different. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yep. They expect and it to be I'll shinier say, or whatever, you know. Yeah, they attribute um, sealing to a really beautiful gloss. Yep. And, and again, that's just, it's not, I would say, ignorance. It is just a lack of education. Yep. It's like you ask them about the refrigerator, and they'll tell you everything about the refrigerator. You ask them about their stove, and they'll tell you everything about their stove, even their coffee maker. But ask them about their stone. They didn't do any research. Nope. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. So exactly. that's one of the problems is they don't research the stone. They don't look at it. Well, I, I looked up and travertine's got holes on it. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah this, this is good. All right. And, and Marmalade just, 
All right. Have a seat. We need to talk. Yep. There you go. Well, you know, I, yeah. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna end up with a part three. You know, we we talked about. Yeah, we, we didn't gonna, even get into densifiers. And densifier. We, really pissed off. we haven't pissed anybody off yet today. So. Yeah. Well, we we could do that on the next show maybe. Uh, yeah. Anyway, any last minute thoughts before we close you out know for what? today? Um, Invest and buy a moisture meter. Trimex yep. makes a very, very good moisture meter. Um, I did a commercial for them on their new Trimex moisture meter, and it is a badass moisture meter. It's yep. really cool. You can do mapping with it. But for God's sakes, know your stone. Know yep. about moisture and ask questions when you're going in to seal something. The more questions you know as far as what your expectations are, don't just throw the stuff down and expect to get a check and walk away because you're not going to last. Um, you and I have lasted, but we ask a lot of questions, and we're very yep. diligent, and I believe that's the way to go. And then some people say, well, you're old school. And I'm like, um, whatever. I am the school. So are you. So <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, just know the stone, get a moisture meter, and find out more. Because a lot of times what we're doing in restoration, cleaning, and sealing is we're at the mercy of what somebody else did. And most of the time they're pretty good, but there's enough idiots out there that we're going to get um, – we're going to get – they did something stupid and we didn't recognize it. <clears throat> I don't know how many times I go into a shower and I go, oh, your pants holding water. What do you mean? And I take a picture. I said, see this dark line? Oh, my God, what's that? I said, well, that's moisture. So have a seat. We need to talk about this. I'm going to tell you yep. what's going on. Yep. Um, and that's one of the things. It's not just a straight shot. Yeah, I seal it. I clean it. I seal it. We're done. You're not doing the client any justice. Absolutely. Well, so David, change your ways and be more diligent and helpful to the client. There we go. Well, let's uh, let, let's talk later on this week about uh, doing a third show. Now, next week I won't have a show because I'll be at Coverings, um, and I'm doing my my seminar as well during during that week. But we'll we'll go ahead and let you folks know. So again, David, thanks again, buddy, and uh, we'll talk Thank again you, soon. All right. Alrighty. Okay, All we'll right. be back right after the, right after this ad, folks. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. Alrighty, folks, I'd like to uh, lastly thank David again. Uh, we'll have David back on here probably in another week or so uh, to talk about densifiers and consolidants. I know that's a subject that we're starting to see a lot, especially for you concrete guys out there. Uh, I'm going to be at Coverings next week, uh, so if anybody's going to Coverings, I'll be walking around the show Wednesday afternoon, late Wednesday afternoon after my class, and I, actually that's the only day I'm going to be there. So you can't miss me. I'll be wearing a shirt that has the Stone and Tile Show uh, logo on, on the back. So uh, you can't miss me. Come up and, uh, and and say hi or whatever. All right, folks. Uh, like I said, uh, some great information from David and I. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free uh, to call in next week or to send me an email, which is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. We'll see everybody again. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends.